0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Jesus for this week. I hope you are having an amazing day or week wherever you are listening to this from, and whoever you're listening to this with, I hope that over the next few 15 minutes or so that we'll just have an opportunity to, to talk more about the things of God, the things of Jesus, as we just have a cup of coffee with Jesus. So do what you have to do, subscribe uh, to these podcasts so you get them weekly, uh, grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea or hot chocolate, whatever you want to do, and let's dive into something uh, that that I really want to discuss today. Um. So, you know, with, with the invention of Marvel and the, the superhero movie genre, we've become more and more accustomed to see people on screen do incredible things, do uh, unbelievable things, and even if you think of the Fast and Furious franchise, they keep upping the ante, they keep doing more and more crazy things. and And we've got really used to seeing people in stories do unbelievable things, do things that we think are impossible, and we call it superpowers or we, whatever it is. But um, today I want to look at a person in Scripture who I believe has a superpower that doesn't get nearly enough airtime, It doesn't get nearly enough coverage. And so today I want to reference one of my favorite people in Scriptures, and it's a lady by the name of Ruth. If you've never read through her short story in the Old Testament, I would encourage you to do it because it reads like a, like a, a thesis on faithfulness. Spoiler alert, she ends up being the great-great-grandmother of King David and one of the ancestors of Jesus. And she's awesome, but she's awesome not just because of who she became, but because of the faithfulness she possessed along the way. And so today's session is called Ruth's Superpower, and uh, I want to I wanna talk about her faithfulness. Ruth understood faithfulness like very few do, and, and today I want to unpack three ways that she was faithful that we can hopefully learn from. Today, I want to unpack the faithfulness of Ruth in three different ways. And my prayer is that as we journey through this, that you would understand the power of faithfulness. How faithfulness can transform any human being from just going through the motions to seeing God do supernatural things in her life. And so three things. Number one, she was faithful to a person. She was faithful to a person. In the first chapter of Ruth, we're given a description of a woman by the name of Naomi. Naomi who has gone through hell. She and her husband leave their home because of a famine. They leave their home and community with their two sons in search of provision. They just looking for the bare minimum and so they leave their home in search for a land of provision. In the new land that they go to, Naomi finds wives for both of her sons and for a while the family is doing, well, they're doing okay. It seems to be going good in the new land. However, within a short space of time, her husband dies and both her sons die. And so here she is, Naomi, left with her two daughters in law. Naomi decides to to leave and go back home because she's heard news that the famine is over and the fields are full again. So she decides, hey I'm gonna pack up, there's no longer reason for me to stay here and I'm gonna go home. While she is going home on the journey, Naomi had no income no husbands, and no sons. So she's going home, but she doesn't have much to go home with, and she doesn't have much to look forward to. She was broke, and she was broken. The last few years had left its scars. The last few years had left its damage. She had no way to provide for herself, let alone the two daughters-in-law she now had. So on the way home, she says to these two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, leave. She tries to get them to leave. And the eldest, Orpah, does leave. She she leaves. But this is what I want to read to you. This is Ruth's response. Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 to 17. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. Man, what a moment. And, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but this is often what I like to speak about at weddings. And I like to get couples to, to say this to one another, because this, for me, is one of the, the clearest examples of one person choosing to be faithful to another. Ruth remains faithful to Naomi Even when all it promised in the natural was poverty and loneliness. That's all that that they could see. Even when faithfulness would seem to be a handicap and would seem to handicap Ruth, she still chose to be faithful to Naomi. You see, faithfulness to a person is not about what we get out of the relationship, but who we want to be in the relationship I want to say that again. Faithfulness to a person is not about what we get out of the relationship, but who we want to be in the relationship. Faithfulness is more about who I am than what I'm looking to get. Even when nothing good is on the horizon, can we still be faithful to who we need to be faithful to? That's why at weddings, part of the vows include for richer or poorer in sickness and in health, even if there is nothing for us to gain. Our faithfulness still needs to be part of our world. Can, our, can we still be faithful to the people in our world who deserve our faithfulness? Husbands, wives, children, parents, bosses, pastors, who you name it. Who do you need to be faithful to? Even when there's zero promise of provision, even when there's zero promise of promotion, When all you can see in the natural is poverty and loneliness, can we still be faithful? Because it has less to do with what we receive and more to do with who we are. So number one, Ruth was faithful to a person. Number two, Ruth was faithful to an opportunity. She was faithful to an opportunity. Now, as you can imagine, there is not a lot that two widows could have hoped for in those days. They didn't have any men to to give them status. They didn't have children to give them a legacy. There was, however, one thing Ruth could do, and that was she was able to gather the leftovers and scraps that fell behind the official harvesters. The only opportunity she had was to humble herself and gather the things others had overlooked or didn't want. She chose to be faithful to an opportunity. And while she was pursuing this less than gla- glamorous opportunity, people took notice of her and the manner in which she worked. In fact, in chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, when, when Boaz is asking his workers who this woman is, they say this. And the servant who was in charge of the reaper answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came. And she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. The men who reaped the harvest had noticed how she tackled something that no one really wanted to do. The way she was faithful to an opportunity made other people who had better opportunities take notice of her. She arrived early and she worked hard. She was not just faithful to Naomi, but she was faithful to an opportunity, even when it was a rubbish opportunity. And when this, I think of a quote quote that is attributed to Thomas Edison, and he apparently said this, We often miss opportunity because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Sometimes we miss opportunity because it looks like hard work. Ruth saw something that could be done, and so she went with it with everything she had. She looked for something that could be done. She didn't sit there and say, hey, this is beneath me. She didn't wait and go, "Uh, this could be done, but I'm going to wait for something else. No, no. She didn't see the opportunity as beneath her, and she didn't wonder whether she would get a greater opportunity uh, somewhere in her hometown. She didn't think, oh, maybe I should leave Naomi and go and look for better work in my hometown. No. Instead, she rocked up early and worked hard. I think sometimes we underestimate the, the spiritual significance of arriving early and working hard. There was no promise of promotion. There was no guarantee her work would be noticed. However, she was faithful to the opportunity. And it paid off because people saw her. People who had better opportunities. People who would normally overlook the gleaners in the field. No, no. These harvesters actually took note of her. Why? Because she was faithful in to her opportunity. Even when it looked like hard work. So she was faithful to a person... She was faithful to an opportunity. And the last point here is she was faithful to her field. Faithful to her field. And because of her reputation of being faithful to Naomi and because of the evidence of her being faithful to an opportunity, Boaz, the owner of the field and and a man of reputation at that time, seems to take notice and he speaks to her. And in chapter 2 again, verse 8, it says, Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one. But keep close to my young woman. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Boaz, the the, the man who would eventually become her husband, the, the kinsman redeemer, calls her to glean only from his field. Now, In hindsight, this is a great idea. It it seems like a great idea, but for someone living off of scraps, the more fields you hit, the better the chance of getting something good. Economically, practically, being faithful to one field didn't make sense for someone in Ruth's position, but she submitted to the crest and she was faithful to a single field and she saw so much return on her faithfulness. Eventually, we know that she goes to Boaz, Boaz does all that he needs to do in order to, to make Ruth his wife. And, and then later on, we see that she becomes the, the, the great, great grandmother of David and the ancestor of Jesus. But it begins with her saying, even though it economically makes no sense, I will be faithful to my field. So what field has God called you to be faithful to, exclusive to? Perhaps you need to understand that your marriage is an exclusive field. You need to be faithful to your field. Perhaps God has called you to a certain career or calling, but it isn't necessarily the most lucrative field. And so perhaps diversifying your interests makes sense. But is God calling you to be faithful to a single field? Gleaning from multiple fields makes sense. However, God was helping her to be faithful in the field that would one day be her field. The harvest she was being faithful to would be the harvest that paid for her wedding day and would eventually feed her children. Think about that for a moment. She became, she she started out as, as a gleaner, as a gatherer of scraps on the very field that would eventually feed her own children. Never underestimate what being faithful in a field can do. It might make no sense to us, but God sees the fruit and the potential. In faithfulness. Even when it seems more logical to to survey multiple fields, if God has called you, and this is so important, if God has called you to a field, stay faithful in your field. So if this is Ruth's superpower. If Ruth's superpower is faithfulness, and if that same superpower is available to all of us, can I ask you three questions? Where today do you need to be faithful to a person? Where today do you need to be faithful to an opportunity? And where today do you need to be faithful to a field? My hope and prayer is that we've looked at the, as, as we've looked at these few verses, you would be inspired to be faithful. You would be motivated to step into faithfulness to people, to opportunities, to fields. And beyond those things, would we be faithful men and women because we serve a faithful God? And as we operate out of faithfulness, may it ignite our faith for tomorrow. Faithfulness today should ignite faith for tomorrow. And so I pray that that would be your reality, that that would be what you see in and through your life. And may what you are faithful to today, may it become something that feeds you tomorrow. I hope this has helped. I hope this has blessed you. Have an amazing week. Look forward to our next Coffee with Jesus episode next week. It's going to be a good one. Cheers, everybody. Have a good one.